MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, the podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. This radio show is more important than any other mainstream media outlet that exists. Man of Breakfast Club. Don't play with it, don't play with it, don't play with it. Come on, bitch, let's play with it. Like a blue guy. You think I'm gonna come here when this shit ain't hot? DJ Envy and Charlemagne the God. Being here next to all of you guys, it's really big. It's one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. But what better place than, than here? Okay. I think everybody should go on the breakfast club and start <laughs> with that true. if yes. you want to shake it up. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. That's right, it's Wednesday, it's hump day, it's middle of the week now. Good morning, another day to serve, man. That is right. Come on, man. I feel blessed, black, and highly favored. I feel, uh... I feel like I'm ready to be of service today. Absolutely. What's happening? Well, Jason Lee was supposed to join us today, but he had a, a schedule conflict. I didn't know that. What I happened? Mean, I didn't know that till this morning. Uh, yesterday, I guess, uh, his team uh, scheduled something else, and he couldn't make it. But, you know, after the show yesterday, he said, I'll be back tomorrow. But Well, he's a busy man. Yes, he is. So, and, you know, that's why the, 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 the Breakfast Club 
a third seat is a rotating position mm-hmm. at the moment. That's right. Because, you know, people be busy. I know that there's a lot of people that y'all like to see, see sitting in the seat. We always hear people say, you know, Jess Hilarious, mm-hmm. Jess be busy. You hear people say Claudia Jordan. Claudia's, Claudia been shooting something for a minute. I don't know what's on going on. island somewhere, right? I, something. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she says she's going to announce it soon, whatever it is. You yep. know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is, folks be busy. They be busy. That's all. Yes. Until, until they're not. That's right. This is our commitment from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. That is right. And soon it'll be somebody else's commitment from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Correct. Who that person will be, we, we don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Did and, you you should believe, and you should believe me when I'm lying. Yes. <laughs> when you're lying, believe him or when he's telling the truth. But, Which means I already know. Do you? No. No. Oh. Are you lying? I just told you, believe me when I'm lying. I'm lying. So you're lying. Listen, don't ever do listen know? to me most of the time because I'll just be lying. Okay. Okay? But you should be listening to me when I'm lying because when I'm lying, I'm probably telling the truth. But when I'm telling the truth, I'm probably lying, but you'll never know because I'm lying. Facts. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not facts because you could be lying. Whatever you want them to be. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, did you see the BET Awards last night? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. I didn't. I watched the rap. I watched. I was trying to watch the Rap City documentary though. That's what I was really, really interested in. But I kept getting pulled um, uh, in different directions around that time. But I want to really, really sit down and watch the Rap City documentary because that Rap City documentary looked incredible. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see the Rap City documentary. I kind of. Uh, I lived it. I think I DJ like five, six, seven, eight times down what there you mean, in the basement. Kind of was there. I was, you know, I got this chance to see it, and I—that I, was all I had at that time when I was a kid growing up was watching Rap City, and I got a chance to DJ several times, so it was pretty. Rap City is a cultural institution, mm-hmm. and that's why I love documentaries because sometimes, not sometimes, all the times, those documentaries put cultural institutions in perspective. Mm-hmm. So even just watching what I saw some of last night, you right. know what I mean? It brought back a lot of different feelings and emotions. Even watching all of the different hosts, because you know, there might be people that think of a certain host. Yes, but we grew up in an era. Where we saw them all. We saw Chris Thomas the Mayor. We saw Joe, Joe Claire. We saw Big, Big Les. We saw Big Tigger. Tigger. Yeah, you know, we Absolutely. saw Mad Links. Yeah, I mean, we saw Mad Links was last one. Q four five Mad Links was last ones, right? The last two. Q four five was last one. I think Jay Nix did it for a little while. Jay Nix. I remember. I remember that whole run. It's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I can't wait to get home and really get into. That Rap City documentary. All right. Well, Offset will be joining us today. He has an album that comes out this Friday, so we're going to be kicking it with Offset in a little bit. And also, today is Cardi B's birthday, so happy birthday, Cardi B. Look at that. Look at the synchronicity in that. The what? The synchronicity. I don't even know if I use that word right now. I don't know. Y'all know what I mean. I know what you mean. Offset's going to be here today, and it's Cardi's born day. That's right. That actually means nothing. No. You know what I mean? But it means everything. All right. Well, let's let's start the show with some Cardi. It's a birthday, damn it. And we got front page news. Tesla Figaro will be joining us at the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Good morning, Tiz. Good morning, DJ NV, Charlemagne the God, and the Breakfast Club family. Before we jump right into it, I just want to tell people that flag football is being considered for the 2028 Olympic Games in Los Angeles. So they're going to make flag football. They're thinking about making it an official sport. Mm. So just want to tell people that. All right, now let's start right after. What's going on with the Republicans? Yeah, House Republicans wrapped up their candidate forum Tuesday night where lawmakers heard from two current options to become Speaker of the House. As we know, uh, Kevin McCarthy was oust as Speaker of the House. So right now, the two candidates are Representative Jim Jordan and Steve Calise. Uh, the two men had an opportunity to pitch themselves to their party members ahead of a secret ballot vote that's scheduled for today in an attempt to convince the Congress that they can gather 217 votes needed to win the gavel. It looks like neither one of them were able to convince folks that they had... 
I guess, the muscle to do it. So we'll see how that works out today. Now, former Speaker McCarthy, uh, who, as I mentioned, was moved uh, from Speaker of the House, he has asked them not to nominate him as uh, Speaker. But some folks said they still will be voting for him, despite uh, him even saying literally do not nominate me because I know I won't win. Uh, but I guess a few folks, you know, have a, a point to prove with that because they're still upset about McCarthy losing that position. Uh, when they asked, what are the chances that the House would select a new speaker by Wednesday? Representative Thomas Macy said, I would say 2 percent. Now, meanwhile, House Democrats did finish up their candidate form last night in less than an hour, nominating their leader, Hakeem Jeffries. Is whoever they put in that position going to have actual power? Or are they just going to be a, a, another puppet like McCarthy was? Yeah, just it just we're going to see. That's a great question, Charlemagne. Uh, Matt Gates, who was really against McCarthy and, you know, set that deal up in the beginning to oust him. He did say that whoever uh, goes in this position, he will not uh, oust them. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's still right now. They still don't have any type of um, consensus with that. So it just depends on what deal they make. It feel like and McCarthy was it feel like McCarthy was on 90 day probation. Since the first time he got that gig, mm. it's like it's like he was right. under, it's like he was under a probationary period since he started that job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was set up to fail right out the gate. You know that's why it took them over fifteen rounds. You know just to nominate him. So he we we knew that was just a matter of time. A lot of folks say they're surprised he lasts even this long. Um, but you know again, right now no Speaker of the House. They need to vote on things like you know sending. Uh, uh, resources to Israel, a lot of stuff that still needs to happen on table. Don't forget, we're still in the middle of a temporary government shutdown. So uh, that needs to have a new vote on that needs to happen in November. So a lot of stuff that Congress needs to do and Republicans need to get it together since they are the majority. All right. Well, that mm -hmm. is front page news. Thank you, Tez. We'll see you in a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Everybody are, else, get it off your are chest. Are the phone lines working this yes, morning? Yes, they are. 800-585-1051. Somebody paid the bill yesterday. 800-585-1051. Okay. Get it off your chest. You want to vent? You got some things you want to get off your chest? Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's a new day. This is your time to get it off your chest. Wake, wake, wake up. Whether you're mad or blessed. It's time to get up and get something. Call up now. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Kalani. Hey, Kalani. Get it off your chest, mama. Ugh, I'm just so irritated this morning. Yesterday, I'm going to work, and I get into a car accident. I call this dude who I've been messing with, you know, for a little while to come help me. Mm -hmm. And... He basically breaks up with his new text message in that moment that I needed him. Damn. Wow. He been wanting to break up with you. Right? What did you ask him to do? Just come pick you up? I just called him and I was like, oh my gosh, I just got to an accident. It's like 7.30 in the morning, right? At that point, because I'm going to work. I'm like, my mom's not answered. I need you. I know you're at work. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, get all the information and call me back. I'm like, okay. Off to the cops, whatever, whatever. And I text him, let him know I'm home. Are you going to come over? And he's just like, I think I need time to myself. I think, I think you should respect that because he realized in that moment that he didn't want to be your emergency contact. He don't want the responsibility. Jesus. He thought about it. He was like, damn, she got into a bad accident. And the first person she called I mean, when she couldn't get in touch with her mama was me. I don't want that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of foul, mom. I'm sorry. How bad was the accident? It's, it's, my car is like so messed up. So I'll be taking Lyft or Uber for like another week. They Maybe want like thousand dollars to fix the front of the car. Or maybe he he feel like he don't want you to ask him for money or he don't want to drive you to work every day too. 
But I never, that's the thing. I never asked him for money. I never asked him for anything. Like, we just have like a cool, we started off as co-workers. So we just have like a cool relationship like that. I, so now, I, I think you should be happy. It just grew into something more. You should be happy that you uh, dodged this bullet. You know what I mean? He's clearly showing mm-hmm. that, you know, he doesn't, he's not ready for what you might be ready for right now. So go enjoy the holidays. Yeah. Sorry, mama. It still, it still hurts, you know, but thank you guys for answering. Yeah. I've been listening to y'all forever. Thank you. And listen, the fall just started. You still got time to find you a little a little boo for the fall. <laughs> I'm going to try. Okay. Yep. Hey, man. What's up, Envy? What's up, Trav? What's up, Charlamagne? Trav, what up, sis? I'm doing good. Listen, uh, I heard one of the girls was looking for me yesterday, but I heard she not there today. Oh, Jason Lee? He asked about you yesterday. Yeah, I, he did. I somewhere later with somebody husband eating up all these snacks in the house. Where you at, Jason? I don't know where Jason Lee at. I didn't know Jason wasn't coming this morning. That's crazy that if y'all, if y'all wanted an E-list celebrity to come host this week, y'all could have called me. Jesus, what's wrong with you and Jason? What, what, what happened? What's the smoke for? <laughs> I don't like the way he called me about where they, they do that. Yes. My name is Trav, a.k.a. Twin, Miss Lee. Just letting you know. What is the problem, Trav? Why you just call up here? I don't get it. Why you call up here just being sassy with Jason Lee? Because Jason Lee is being sassy yesterday. I don't remember. I missed it. Yeah, he was asking about me. He's like, well, would that gay do that? First of all, that's not my name. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you, but anyway. You, you're not the I'm only gay it, dude I'm, in America. I know, but he said, where that gay dude trash. Yep, okay. <laughs> but, but anyway, OGO Eli, I'm calling to stand up for him today because Charlemagne, I don't like how you treated him last week by saying he was on Drizzy Glizzy. And you know what? I'm on Cole's Cole. And Eli, we are connected. It's fine. <laughs> I stand with you. If you're going to be a stand for your favorite artist, stand for your favorite artist. Bro. You you should release Cole's poll and Eli needs to release Drizzy's Glizzy. You know what's crazy? I think that all of these negative reactions that people are having to Drake's album, even though I think that uh, it's unfair, I think these negative reactions, have got, have, they've gotten to Eli. He ain't been here all week. <laughs> Eli. I think it's fake because I, 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 I actually was in New York and I listened to the, the album the whole ride up there and the whole ride back. It's not as and bad as the internet is making No, it. no, not it's at all. It's not as bad as the internet making this scene. It's no. really not. No. I but agree. all right, y'all. All right, now. Get it off your chest. 800. What? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne, Envy, what up? Are we live? This is your time to get it off your chest. I got an indoor pool, an outdoor pool. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. We can get on the phone right now and tell you what it is. We live? Hello, who's this? Yo, yo, this Marcus from Tampa, Florida. Marcus from Tampa, Florida. What up? Get it off your chest, brother. Hey, real quick, Charlamagne. You gotta take it easy on Florida, my guy. You always coming for us, but you never talk about the Bronx. You say the craziest people come from Florida and the Bronx, but I haven't heard you say anything about the Bronx in a good, good little minute. The segment's always dedicated to us. What's well, going on, man? That's because Florida uh, always outshines everybody when it comes to having the craziest stories. Like right now, I haven't even looked at my donkeys yet, but automatically I'm looking at some headlines. Florida woman skips $160 Walmart bill, claims security guard tried to holler at her. Florida man punches, spits on customer in wheelchair in McDonald's after heated argument. Florida man fatally stabs brother's pal after nobody shared weed with him. What you want me to do, Damn. man? What you want me but to hey, do? You know, you want to know what the answer is to that? What? Everybody moving here. Oh, no. Everybody, everybody all else? these, all no. these people coming. 
from different parts of the region and world. This is a, this no. is a retirement state. I mean, yeah. we got no taxes. The weather's great. It's a tourist attraction. Everybody started coming here. It's the wall. It just got it. it, it Oh man, come on. Most of these people ain't never committed a crime till they get to Florida and they drink some of that goddamn Florida water and they turn <laughs> the, and then they turn in the gunplay. Goodbye, Marcus. <laughs> Goodbye, Marcus. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Yo, this Chris. Chris, what up? Get it off your chest, Chris. Hey, what's up, man? I just wanna say, uh 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 Charlemagne. Eight four three, what's happening? I'm right here, my brother. Hey, I wanna tell you, man, I'm disappointed in you, man. You ain't it really cut. I feel like I hear all this Drake talk this week. You know, shout out to uh, OVO, Eli, you know, 40, Tub, all them guys. But what about Rod Wave? Y'all ain't say nothing about Rod Wave when he dropped. You right. Rod Wave went number one. You know what I'm saying? Rod Wave selling out arenas. You right. By himself, he headlining. But I I don't hear nothing about Rod Wave. You absolutely right. right. They say I I read on Billboard now. He's the second artist behind Taylor Swift. To get number one consecutively, 2021, 22, and 23. You're but right. no talk about Rod Wave. You absolutely you right. right. Salute the Rod Wave. We, we got to change that now. We got to change. Well, you doing that. it right You're now? Right. When you write, you write though. Salute the Rod Wave and that nostalgia album. Rod Wave definitely doing his thing. Yeah, y'all, y'all got to start playing. I know that y'all got the, the the system. Y'all play what what, what y'all got to play this and that. But at least talk about Rod, man. Rod from Florida. I'm from Florida. We represent Florida, man, the South. And Charlamagne, I, I just expected more from you from the South. Man. You're you know absolutely right. That's right. Blame it, Charlamagne. Rod, Rod Wave and Nick Grant dropped a real great project. We should be playing. Uh, we should give Fight the Feeling some spins on the radio. That's off the Nostalgia album. You're absolutely right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong. All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now, we got your rumors. When we come back, we got to talk the BET Awards. The BET Hip Hop Awards were on last night. If you missed it, well, we'll fill you in. Who performed, who won what, and all that. So don't go anywhere. It's The Breakfast Club on BET. The Breakfast Club. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk to BET Hip Hop Awards. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor has it. Call out a name or you gossiping or you chatty patty. I'm gossiping. This is the rumor report. I mean, I guess we on the Breakfast Club. This is where the tea spills, right? Right. Now, last night, of course, was the 2023 BET Hip Hop Awards hosted by Fat Joe. Salute to Joe Crack. Drop on the clues bonds for Joe Crack. Now, the show started off with the baby. The baby started off with a lot of energy. We actually seen that because we were there and the baby killed it. Oh, we he, saw the rehearsals. Well, I seen it because I was, remember, I came out and actually seen it. Oh, you stayed? I, I stayed for a little bit, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I stayed for a little bit. I actually seen the baby perform and yeah, he killed it. He also brought, uh, brought out Sexy Red. He brought out Manny Fresh and Juvenile. So I he, can't he wait until it. Sexy Red hits the stage and does, uh, does uh, Rich Baby Daddy. Off that Drake album. Rich Baby That Daddy. song hard. I don't care what y'all I say. I told you you're going to okay. love that song. Now, also, which was uh, pretty dope, uh, Jermaine Dupree, they celebrated the 30th anniversary of So So Deaf. So, uh, Jermaine Dupree brought out a bunch of artists. I'm sure he started with Welcome to Atlanta, right? He no, didn't? he started off with Jump. Oh. So, he actually produced Jump on, uh -oh. the, on the machine. No, no. He actually did it live. Oh. 
He did it live, and then he started off with Jump. He did the first verse, and then he brought out Ludacris for Welcome to Atlanta. Okay. Y'all be playing with J.D. You, Diddy gonna catch hell with J.D. in a versus. Yeah, I don't he, care what y'all say. He also, right? but, I ain't saying that you know, J.D. will beat Wash Diddy in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying good, don't act like Jermaine Dupri is some pushover. That's right. Okay? He also brought out Little John. He brought out Nelly. He brought out Chingy. And he brought out the brat. The brat has so much energy. She killed it. You know, she and, recently had a baby, too. So that was that, dope. And that's just JD's hip hop bag. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the R&B bag is where it really gets spicy. Mm -hmm. He also brought out Bow Wow, which was good to hear. It seems like they're not beefing because Bow Wow came out. All so right. To Bow wow. I'm glad he's come to his senses on that because the reality is, uh, you know, Bow Wow's legacy is forever tied to Jermaine Dupree. Of course. Period. Of course. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing Bow Wow can do to, to, to shake that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Jermaine Dupree is the reason that we know the Bow Wow that we knew. That's right. You and know like, what I mean? And like I said, Bone Crusher came out and also the franchise boys. Uh, and then also, of course, everybody always talks about the ciphers. So the ciphers, uh, they split it into to three different ciphers. One cipher was Timberland, one cipher was Swiss Beats. Uh, so let's just go through some of the ciphers. Simba was part of Swiss Beats cipher, where Swiss Beats, they rapped over Swiss Beats, produced records. Dropping the clue to Bonds for Simba. Super lyricist, top tier MC. We don't just use the, that term MC lightly. You know, there's a lot of rappers out there, not too many MCs. Simba is a super MC Absolutely. and a great human. Cassidy also was in the cypher on Swiss Beast's uh, side, and he killed it as well. I also got to go to the OG. He was uh, rapping on Timberland's side, the OG Bun B. Body. I need every single one of you youngins to know, with the exception of Simba, Bun B bodied you all. Now, nah, Bun B definitely <laughs> Drop killed it. with the clues bombs for the OG Bun B. He bodied you all. We got two more clips, and also uh, the Mexican OT killed it as well. Okay, I forgot to add Mexican OT to that list of people who Bun B didn't body. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Mexican yeah. Mexican OT hard. Drop on the clues bombs for Mexican OT. Don't know the guy, mm -hmm. just know his music. He's dope. And lastly, I just What got about the awards, man? Ain't no awards giving out. It wasn't BET. We got to talk about the awards. Let's talk about some of the performances. Last, and also, we got to talk about Marley Moore. Marley Moore, a legendary producer and DJ from Queens. He produced for everybody from uh, Biggie to... Uh, he did a Roundaway Girl for LL Cool J. He got the I Am Hip Hop Award. This started out as a dream at 4117 Vernon Boulevard, Long Island City, Queensbridge. My window faced Manhattan, so that's all I could look at and wonder what's happening in them lights over there. So I want to be there. I had some people inspiring me in my life. I mentioned them in the bridge. It was T-Tom, Jappy Jap, Larry Lair, and Gas. But they wasn't the ones that put me on. When I got with Mr. Magic, through Mr. Dr. Bob Lee, Shaheen's father in my building, brought me to Mr. Magic, and we changed the world, being the first rap show on radio. Back in New York and WBLS, I was the first hip-hop DJ to rock live on the radio. That's a fact. And then I brought sample into hip-hop. That changed my world. Salute to uh, Molly Ma. Mm -hmm. We probably wouldn't be here without him. No, that is, that him, is fact. Mr. Magic, mm -hmm. they laid the foundation for hip-hop radio. That is a fact. Yep, and then for, for some of the award winners, uh, Hip-Hop Artist of the Year, uh, congratulations to Kendrick Lamar. He won that. No now, debate there. Hip-Hop Album of the Year, Drake and 21 Savage won that. I don't really have any debate about that. Who's in the category? Uh, Megan Thee Stallion, Little Uzi Vert, Jack Harlow, Metro Boomin, Khaled, Coyle Ray. Oh, yeah. Drake in 21. Uh, Little Uzi Vert won Song of the Year. For uh, I Wanna Rock? Yep, for no, I Wanna Rock. I'm not mad at that. Uh, and Best Hip Hop Platform, Carisha Please. We gotta stop. Hmm? Salute to Carisha. Love Young Miami to death. But come on now. Two years in a row. 
Yes. But well, last year she tied now. with Drink Champs. I like I got mad love for Carisha, but you got platforms that come out daily and you got platforms that come out weekly. You know, like the million dollars worth of games and the Drink Champs, you know, the, the, the Joe Budden. Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Come on, Carisha. I love Carisha, please. But was that sponsored by DeLeon? I don't know. <laughs> was <laughs> DeLeon a sponsor of the BT Hip Hop Awards? I don't know. And also, lastly, salute to Ice Spice. Salute to you, Carisha. Drop on the clues bomb to Carisha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love her. I love what she does. But two years in a row, come on now. And salute to Ice Spice. I, this was the only award I seen, actually. She won a Best Breakthrough Hip Hop Artist. That's the only award that I seen last night, and she wasn't there for it. But congratulations to Ice Spice. And that By is the way, your rumor report. If Carisha Please did come out weekly, I wouldn't have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it is that good when she drops. Right. But I just don't see enough of it for her to win Hip Hop Platform of the Year two years in a row. Last mm-hmm. year, she tied with Drink Champs. Right. So I ask again, was <laughs> Deleon a sponsor of the BT Hip Hop Awards? When we come back, we got front page But clearly news. it's not rigged because the Breakfast Club would have won. Because <laughs> we're on BT that right mean, now. That, that, maybe. <laughs> Teslin Figueroa has front page news when we come back and Offset will be joining us. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now let's get in some front page news. What up, Tiz? Going on, DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. Peace, Tiz. Now let's talk about the brother Hughes Van Ellis. Uncle Red. Yep, Uncle Red, one of the last known survivors of the Tulsa Race Massacre, has passed away at 102. Mm. I know I was certain to live 102 years. That's a blessing. Uh, his grandnephew, Ike Howard, said that he died waiting on justice. Now, in 1921, Ellis was just a few months old when the Tulsa then thriving Greenwood District, known as Black Wall Street, was destroyed by a white mob during a massacre that left an estimated 300 black people dead in businesses and homes burned to the ground. Ellis and his loved ones were forced to leave behind their home and a lifetime of opportunities. Uh, Mr. Ellis said earlier this year that he lost 102 years and he didn't want anybody else to lose that. Here's what he said on The Breakfast Club. Uncle Red, do you do you have real hope and faith that the U.S. government will ever compensate you for what happened? Yes, Black Wall I Street? believe so. Really? Yeah. You've been, you've, been, you've been alive way longer than me, so why do you believe in the white man, but I don't? I believe uh, it, it's, it's some good people and bad people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In I World believe. War II, he was in Burma. Brother, uh, also in Burma. All black battalion. Mm-hmm. Uh, all black. Shot down enemy aircraft. Uh, they were thought to be all killed, but most of his troops survived because they was fighting for their life. Mm. How many times were you bombed, Uncle Red? I bombed twice. Bombed when I was four, five months old. Bombed when I was twenty something years old. Mm. Wow. I didn't think it ever happened in my life, but it did. Uncle yeah. Red was a, a I'm, baby. I'm glad I, I survived all of that. I'm in a survival. Man, salute to Uncle Red. Lived a long, beautiful life. And it's a damn shame America never gave that brother or any of the other Tulsa race massacre survivors justice. And it was a privilege and honor to have him and Queen Viola Fletcher on Breakfast Club earlier this year. That was just a few months ago. A few months ago. You know what I mean? And just think, you hear this brother still sitting here, still having faith in this government to do the right thing. That's right. So, you know, his, his, uh, his, what was he said? His nephew? His grandchild? Yes. His nephew. His nephew is absolutely right. Like, you know, clearly he, he, he died, you know, still holding out for justice. That's right. You know? Mm-hmm. And Miss Fletcher and Miss Randall are still alive. Uh, Miss Fletcher's 109. Miss Randall's 108. Those are the last two known survivors of the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre. And again, you know, they have been, like you mentioned, all three of them have been fighting for reparations for destruction. And this is, you know, a case that people 
always, you know, you can't dispute this because they literally were alive at the time. You know, when, right. when you have the conversation about reparations, say, oh, you know, well, those people have passed away. They're no longer here. No, they literally are still alive at That's the time right. and still fighting uh, for reparations. So, yeah, certainly. You know, um, uh, I have a theory, and this is just my dirt road country uh, logic kicking in. Mm-hmm. But I have a theory that God uh, let those three Tulsa race, those Tulsa race massacre survivors, uh, Queen Viola Fletcher and Leslie Randall and Uncle Red, mm-hmm. be here all of this time to continue to give America the chance, to the do what's opportunity right. to do what's right. Mm. You know what I mean? To fix some of the karma, uh, the, the negative karma that they put out there into the world, and they still haven't figured it out. Mm. They still haven't done it. These people have been here for almost 110 years. That's right. And they still ain't done right by them. Mm-hmm. And that's why no good going to come to this country until they do right by people uh, like the survivors of the Tulsa Race Massacre. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Tiz. Make sure you subscribe to Tesla Figaro's podcast, the Straight Shot No Chaser podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network, and follow at Tesla Figaro on all social media platforms. All right. Now, when we come back, Offset will be joining us. His new album comes out this Friday. So we're going to kick it with Offset, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We have a special guest in the building. His album comes out this Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Offset. Yes, Offset. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back, brother. How you feeling, man? How's everything? I feel good, man. Blessed, man. I'm in a good spirit. In a good spirit? Yes, sir. So now, uh, second album. This is the sophomore album. Set it off. Why did, why did it take so long? The first thing people would say. It's been a, it's been a while. Why it took so long? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things, you know. Lost my brother is 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 the main reason. I was gonna drop last year, I think, around March. I had got out of a creative space. Like after that, for a minute, I had to sit down for a minute and like get with my mama and pray and get 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 myself together. Mm-hmm. Also, I just wanted to perfect the craft. I ain't wanna. I wanted to make sure that I, that I that I dropped and it and it, and it counted. Especially like coming out of the group and stuff like that. I I wanted to make sure everything was aligned. I ain't want no record sounding the same. Mm-hmm. I didn't want me sounding the same. Just being hard on myself. Teaching myself on the music. Now, with your brother Quavo, and we've seen you guys perform at the award show, right? Yeah. What was that initial call like when when they called you guys and asked you guys to do it? Um, I was in Paris doing Fashion Week, and uh, they called, and I wasn't like, I was like, I wasn't sure at the time because it's like, you know, it's I'm running away from the reality. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I had talked to Pharrell. We were sitting at a show, and I was telling him like, man, I don't know if I should do it because um, it just ain't gonna be right. And it's, I feel like I'm scared it's going to put me back in that moment. And he was like, nah, you got to do that for the world and for him. Like, and y'all legacy, man. Y'all one of the biggest group ever in hip-hop. And also, like, he would want that, bro. He was like, you need you need, you need that energy. You and your brother rocking that stage again. Even if it's for the last time or whatever, like. And this is that where he's like, even if it's for the last time or whatever, he don't really know what's going on. But it's going to be a cleanser to, for both of y'all. Was it was. It? Yeah, it, it was. was. I swear it was. It was. It was. It was. It felt like at first before I did it, I was still like, because it reminds you know it's a reminder. Mm-hmm. And um, but after we did it, I just felt I, I did feel good about it. Like close the chapter on the right way, like on a big way, unity, love, and like giving to the people. Also, what was it like before that? Because I know that everybody talks about. I guess y'all got into something backstage somewhere. It was a video where everybody heard Cardi yelling like, "Y'all both wrong." Mm-hmm. So what was what was it like before that moment? Oh, before what? Before before y'all got on stage? Like, oh no, nah, we, we 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 were together, man. Like, that swallow hard pill to swallow. Like, your bro missing all that other out the window. You know what I'm saying? It's like family of everything. Let's do this right mm-hmm. more than anything. Because when you go into something with the wrong energy, you ain't gonna do it right. You know what I'm saying? 
went into it with the right energy and that's my brother so what's your relationship now with, with Quavo that's my brother at the end of the day we good bro we just with each other in Paris we be talking cause we be going through little emotions and it don't be for the public that's the thing like when it's like this it don't be everything ain't for the public to be kikiing and it's all love at the end of the day we lost a brother you know they want to see y'all cry on Instagram yeah. that's what they want you know not gonna get it from me mm-hmm. you think y'all ever make music together not even just as Migos but just as set in Quavo I think so mm-hmm. I think a lot of fans was, were hoping that there was maybe lost takeoff verses or lost Migos records and that they would get that one more Migos album but that doesn't seem like that's gonna happen nah that's ain't, that, that ain't fair to put that pressure on us either after losing brother man like maybe you know what I'm saying the future mm-hmm. but right now I just don't see it. It's like hard me hearing our songs sometimes in the club, bro. And people, I might like got a smile on my face, but that shit, like take verse, come on, it, like touch me every single time. So it's like I don't see us doing it. Now I can imagine because yeah. to us it's just a verse, but to you it's like you probably think about the moment y'all recorded the song. Day, yeah, it put me in that bag every time. I was just in Starlet the other night, mm-hmm. and they playing Freak No More. And his verse, come on, I'm like throwing money. His verse, come on, it just like slowed me up real quick. So. Now, now, what's the difference between this album, Set It Off, and Father of Four? Okay, Father of Four was like, I feel like I was getting more, more personal mm-hmm. about who I was, uh, my story of going to jail, having kids young, the story of my wife, my letter to my wife. I'm just in a, but this album is more like, the music-wise, it's like more fun. I'm, I, I didn't, I did all the new producers, so I didn't really, except for Metro and Southside, I didn't really work with all the producers I worked with on this. It's like new producers I never worked with because I didn't want to create the same sound because I feel like artists now, like, as an artist, sometimes, like, you just get stuck in your ways. And I let a lot of, I worked with an A&R this time. Like, I know a lot of people shit in the A&R game, but shout out to G, my A&R was fire. So she was able to bring me different producers that I never heard of and mm-hmm. different sounds and give me, critiquing me on the music, like, Nah, number one sound, number eight, number eight sound like number ten. For me, I, I was happy because like usually I ain't going for that. You know, I ain't letting nobody tell me nothing. But I understand like change, the game change, the sound be changing, and you just gotta change with it or you gonna get left. Is it difficult with, with you doing music, right? Because you are a, a husband, your father of five, but yet you're still in the club. So you know what people want to hear. You know people in the club ain't married. You know the people in the right. club might not have some kids. So when you do your music, do you say, well? I gotta put myself in their situation yes. and take myself out from the husband and take myself out being the father of five. Cause you didn't on this on this album, you done knocked off a lot of a lot of chicks on this album. That's what I'm you like, gonna ask you. How you knocked off a lot of chicks? You rap about f-ing all these women off set <laughs> and you're a married man. That's what you uh, cause ask. I got a real wife like that she understands like we in I gotta be relatable. Mm-hmm. And especially like our age, like the the average person ain't married and like People sometimes people I, I can see it like you let your wife dress like this and you let her I'm very secure by mine. Mm-hmm. Saying? So we ain't in no controlling like don't do this or I'm not telling her don't do a feature with that da 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 because it just like this 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 that'll interrupt the love I feel like when you go to doing that because then it's like damn I want to be this person I got to talk to all these people all these fans and they got to relate to me but they can't relate to me if I'm standing in one lane so I'm just blessed to have her. A good wife. What about the people who, those same kids that love your personal life, they love you and Cardi together as a couple and they follow y'all on social media and see all of that and they like, damn, they might want to hear that reflected in the music because I know people got really excited when they heard y'all doing an album together. Yeah. Um, or EP or whatever it was. They, don't, they, don't, they can't get mad at me because I'm not going to tell her like you can't say shaking your ass or like you having a good time. Girls want to feel that them bars she be saying. But I guess you know too when Cardi talks about that I guess we all automatically assume when she says she's shaking ass, it's shaking her ass for her husband. You know what I mean? When, yeah, when she's doing sure. it, it's like she's doing it for set. 
But you know what I mean For you When I heard I'm not gonna I'm like Oh he's putting his mind frame On somebody that's in the club Not himself Yeah I got to bro Because mm -hmm. it's like It's more of bros doing that Than there's people that's married mm -hmm. Facts These are facts mm -hmm. These are facts So I just still Gotta be relatable to them They gotta still feel like Ah, oh, shit ain't on no old Like shit and got married da, 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 da. We don't even understand him no more then it's the worst Then there's no coming back from that mm -hmm. Alright we got more with Offset When we come back Don't move It's The Breakfast Club Good morning Morning everybody It's DJ NV Charlamagne the guy We are The Breakfast Club We're still kicking it with Offset His album is out this Friday Charlamagne First, first song on the album You say you knew you was the one Since you left the group I think that was, that was the line mm. what, what does that line mean to you? Um, so how you know about that? Bar like you know I went through some things I can't really speak on Like I stepped out of the box And like had to get my together mm -hmm. On the business side of things And like after that The freedom and the Being able to be in control of my creative And being able to do that Was like now I can show you Who I am If you notice like now People kind of see like I got a personality mm -hmm. I feel like it was kind of like Bottled in when, when everything was all as one Cause it wasn't really about me It was about mm -hmm. us This album is about me how important was hip hop growing up to you? Because I know you got roots in New York. I know you got roots in the land. I know you got roots a little bit of everywhere. I'd be, I'd be seeing set with people. I'd be like, how do you know him? Man? Like, <laughs> so you know, talk about your roots and and what hip hop means to you because you sample a lot of that on this album. Uh, hip hop, man, mean to me like man. Growing up is like the superheroes. You know what I'm saying to me because I felt like it was so out of reach, and also I felt like they was like saving the world with the music and like you know seeing like. Cash Money, Master P, because I'm from the South. Andre thought like, like Outkast. You know, we from Atlanta, so we might not ain't listen to it. I might ain't get on Jay-Z Towers in high school. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I might ain't know him through middle school. I knew Guap. I knew Gucci. And I knew Jeezy. Mm -hmm. I knew Andre 3000. I knew Future. It's like our neighborhood heroes. And like me, I feel like in general with music, you got to know your roots and pay respect to it too. Like I watch the James Browns. I be watching like how they would dress. Or how they stay set would be. Or sometimes I go watch a rock and roll, like Motley Crue or something. I go watch them stay, stay set to get a, like a, like a, like an idea, or even on stage. And like, cause I feel like you, it always rotate, but you could just do it better in a better way. Well, one of the things you say throughout the album is, uh, you, you, you keep referencing Blame It On Set. And that's a dope record too, by the way, the Blame mm -hmm. It On Set record. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you think folks blame you for? No, it's not like the people blame me for. It's like, it's like a, it's like me talking to myself almost like, Everything you went through is because of you. It's right. like taking responsibility. Everything right. you went through is because of you. Like anytime anything happens, it's, it's it's on you. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. It wasn't like a specific like y'all blaming me. No, it it was just like taking time being a man, being a man. Yeah, yeah accountability. Yeah. Like accountability for all actions. People were mad at you a couple of weeks ago because you did that interview. Uh, with what, what's her name, Bobby? They weren't uh, mad at me. I no. feel like they was that smoked that in. I feel like they was. When I say they, they, they were mad at you that, that you even gave her an opportunity to interview you. You know what I mean? You know, people were, were saying, "Well, why would you give that girl an opportunity and not somebody from the culture?" Uh, reached out. I did my research, and I was like, "I'm open to do it." Because you know, I don't like doing interviews at all. I was like, "I'm open to doing an album on the way," and I feel like it was kind of comical. Like it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny to me. It wasn't like I wasn't taking that. Shit, like, Offensive. You just gotta be on your toes when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. No, she needed to be she, on her toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she needed that. <laughs> she needed that. You know what I'm saying? And, and also, like, I'm doing this for the brothers. You ain't finna catch me slipping on this show and be down talking to me. And you like, you just coming up off TikTok. It's all love though. But she, she, she cool, man. Mm -hmm. I, don't want, I, I feel like um, a lot of people did take a lot of comedy out of it. It was, it was supposed to be funny, man. Mm -hmm. You told her she needed some seasoning. Yeah, she do. She oh, didn't need absolutely. A little bit of season. Not a season. But it's cool though, man. It ain't no issues or nothing. Mm -hmm. 
But I feel like a lot of people's mad at her, like, but that's how she do the interviews. I think I brought it to our world more. It's like a lot of people like, why does she? It was kind of taking it as like yeah. she was being disrespectful, but she wasn't. She just, just I think that's the way she got on. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear I hear you channel a lot in this album. I hear a lot of Project Pat. Yeah. Were you were you listening to a lot of Pat? Three Six and Project Pat. Yeah, man. Yeah. They they. That's what I'm saying. It's like the underground music and to come to and then they went underground and went big. Shout out to Juicy J, man. He a player, good producer. Um, he ain't taxed me on the records. Oh, he did production on it. No, nah, you get certain shit you got to talk to Juicy J about. <laughs> he ain't do production, but certain shit you got to holler at you. Oh, so when you just using that But you got to think the sample on Jealousy is Juicy J. Yes, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and then it's the South music, man. It's just always something about the South music to me, even growing up. Just always felt like we was shit just relatable to my, our neighborhood. You from the different down now, man. Absolutely. Now we had we had Cardi up here and we were talking about uh, your marriage and everything, and she was like, sometimes it's difficult not to keep things off social, right? Like the one time y'all always argue on social media. Y'all never just say, you know what? Let's I'm gonna put the phone down and call her. She's crazy, man. You crazy too. You know you married a woman from the Bronx. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Said you got to know that. Yeah, I, I've learned it. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it. So uh, it's just like, man, the hate fan base, man, sometimes be like trying to like kill n****. So then sometimes you got to like, I feel like I got to protect her. You know what I'm saying? I've made mistakes. You dig what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. those mistakes make me continue to have to protect her as a man. It don't just go away. So like, I just hate that because it's like, we be good, bro. Living a life like it's golden. We got beautiful kids. We don't bother nobody. But you know how I be whacked though. Mm -hmm. but, but but what about when you when you posted that uh, your wife cheated? That's causing turmoil in the house. No, I was calming her ass down. Don't play with me. Same way she. <laughs> but then the next day they hold their hands together. Because it was count. It was count. Everybody know it was count. But she was like, man, she was like that. She was like he was playing. He was lying. Sometimes bad go in too much on me, man. Like oh. and it make sometimes. So I didn't want people to think like people thinking this shit's real. So it was just a little Uno, reverse Uno car. That was she said. She reverse said you threatened her. You said if you don't stop, I'm gonna get online and say you cheated. Yeah, cause that's the thing. She gotta make her. She got like she steal somebody too. So like when they be doing that, like it be like making her seem like she a sucker. So mm -hmm. then she gotta. But then this time when she did, she kind of like. I'm like, oh, slow that down, tone that down, baby. Oh, don't do me like, hey. Set willing to blow up the whole house. We'll blow up the whole, whole house. We all going down. We all going down. This <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. It's over. Oh. Real. But we turned that into fun, though. Now, six why? years strong, man. Six years strong. Congrats, Congratulations. Why, why didn't Playboy Cardi clear the song for the album? That's a rumor online. Is that true? <sighs> yeah, it's true. Shout out to my boy, man. See, because I don't get into it with my music. And sometimes people be going through their own. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Shout out to bro, though, man. He should have cleared up smash, though. I ain't gonna cap. But be like that. I don't get mad at folks for like that because sometimes people be going through their own list. Mm -hmm. Or they might not. Won't. I don't know. It's all love, though. It's my little bro. All right, we got more with Offset. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. 
I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. 
Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Offset. His album is out this Friday. Charlemagne? Now, did authorities contact you after Nicki Minaj's husband made those threats against you? That was another rumor. Man, hell no. Okay. Oh, he's ain't never calling me. Okay. <laughs> I ain't got no number for you. Because <laughs> they, they were saying they reached out to see if you wanted the press charge. Man, please. I'll never do no lame-ass like that. I'd rather keep it in the street. Like, oh, that's dope, grown-ass man. And I don't even want to bring it up because I don't want people to like... But I just laugh at shit. Like I got real money. I'm handling real business. I'm on the way to the Coach Prime, man. On, on, on the jet, like, Word. I'm 30 years old, bro. Like, I'm grown as hell. And I'm just too old to participate in like that. Like, then the DM shit you had seen was because I'm a grown man. Also, like I'm saying, it's a respect thing, brother. But you threatening my wife, bro. I'm not playing those games. Mm-hmm. I hate when men say anything about my wife. Because it's like, but you a man. Mm-hmm. Don't speak on my wife, bro. I don't care how people think. Like, oh, why you, why you, why you, man? This is my wife. Mother of my kids, man. Man disrespecting the wife. I see you ain't playing by choice either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want you want you want to box in their mouth. I'm gonna get on your mouth. Yeah, we gonna make yeah. Box your mouth. All that plan, the tweak, all the trying to twinkle your toes and kick your feet. Under, all that. Yeah, that was yeah. Now we we had Cardi up here. She you know she talked about how much she supports you and was you know riding for you, loving your music. Now let me ask you a question. Are we gonna get a Cardi second Cardi album anytime soon, man? She, she said, announced it. I thought I she, saw. I thought that's all I'm announcing recently. No, she ain't announced nah, nothing. She said maybe first quarter. She, she said 2024. Yeah, she said 2024. Is it done? We almost there. We almost there. But y'all, there's there's rumors that y'all was working on the joint album together too, though. Yeah, after hers. You think that would be that would be the album? Like the way you just expressed the love for your wife. Yep. And you know why you decided to be with her. You think we'll get that in music on that project? For sure. Okay. Then a tour. Then a tour. Oh, you, Ooh, y'all definitely having another baby after the thought. <laughs> That's definitely happening. You de- <laughs> then she said she said she wanted more, right? She said you she wanted what you said. Yeah, I seen her say that up here, man. You don't want no more? Father six. <laughs> <laughs> y'all gonna get me beat up by <laughs> College expensive. <laughs> what? I know. Father six. Next album. How many you got? Six. I'm done. Done done. I got four, but I'm done. I'm, I'm done, 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 done. I got two in college right now. College expensive. College waxing that ass. That's right. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh. get into a joint. Oh, no, I, I do want to ask one question. What, what have that? you learned from takeoffs passing? Um, I'm still learning. Um, I don't even know what to say. The lesson is just pain. Like it ain't really. You trying to run from that? Have you done anything to deal with that grief? Have you like, like sat down with somebody? Or, like, like I be feeling like sitting down with people like. Maybe I ain't found the right person, but I don't feel like sometimes people like can't relate. Mm-hmm. That's why culturally competent therapists and psychiatrists and grief counselors are very important. You got to some- yes, you got to have somebody who from it to understand it. I feel like sometimes in them job spaces they're not giving people who have maybe have a record of, mm-hmm. and those are the people you need to have in the office because they gon' they've been through. Some they can really relate to black people. I like mm-hmm. I feel like the therapy thing don't really be for black folks a lot of times because. Every person I ever seen it, like they ain't, they like took a right way. Everything was good on paper. Everything is good. The college, da 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 da. It ain't like, like a wallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who listen? A that's in the street who's selling dope right now with their gun. Who listen to him way before they listen to somebody that look like them, but this can't 
trying to tell them how to do it. Can't relate. See, I ask questions back. I sit down with somebody, I'm going to ask you a question back. Like, mm-hmm. So have you ever da-da-da-da-da? And if it ain't, it's a waste of time. But well, we appreciate you. The album comes out this Friday. Set it off. You want to you play it right? I got to ask y'all what, fa- what was your favorite song? What, what did you feel like? Um, I like Say My Grace. I like Worth It because I just... I, I'm from that era, so I, I, I like yeah, you, you kind of catching you. the bus to flow, which was different. I like for me. blame it on set. I like the one where you had the, I like blame uh, it on set. Plat, the project Pat flow. Mm-hmm. Um, the first song on the album hard on the river. Yeah, that's when he said I'm on, the on the yet. That's, that's hard. hard. I don't know. I got to listen to it again. I only mm-hmm. got to listen to it one time. Yeah, let's do it one time. I wanted to bring rap like rapping on the song, but I feel like it's a lot of auto tune and a lot of like mm-hmm. I got melodies on it, of course, but like. Your voice don't need it though. Got to get to the rapping. You know? But your voice so distinct, you don't need the auto tune in that. Oh, the joint with Travis. Uh, that's what I said. Say my grace. Say my grace. Oh, okay. Say my one, grace. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, that's hard. That's mm-hmm. hard. We got the video. We shot that in Thailand too. Y'all can't wait to y'all see that. Mm-hmm. Hard. What does success look like for Offset? Um, uh, the music connected to the people. Like I'm not, you know, how we came in the game. Like I hate how everything is clocked now. Like the number first day, because mm-hmm. then that gives people opinions already immediately that they ain't even chatting to us. So me, I'm just trying to connect musically with these people. Like you said, identify Offset sound like like I did on Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. That was like, oh, bro, got that. Like it's it's proven like and showing my creativity. Like you see my album cover falling from the sky upside down, but I'm still on top. It's like being able to express the art. It's not numbers for me. Cause I come from, see, my my number one record was number sixty, and forty, and twenty, and ten, then number one. So I I know like working a record, I feel like people don't be working records no more. The festivals and them big places, they taking your numbers, they taking your where your song get on Billboard. Mm-hmm. I learned that at like I think I learned that in twenty sixteen. I forgot who the artist was. They was going after us, and I'm like, I know we hotter than that. <laughs> <laughs> I know this, like, but. The streaming numbers were. It was like a radio show too. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, they on on Billboard. They on top fifteen. Y'all like number forty right now. And then they made me understand the significance point of it. So it's some people that still watch. And I just feel like artists ain't rappers ain't putting on no show, bro. Nah. We just get in the bag and like people try to pan the bag like that. Just like you got to put on a show. You gonna dance and everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't give. <laughs> think it's like not cool. Cool. People like to be entertained more than anything. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Well, what you want to hear off the album? What you gonna play? Play that worth it, man. Okay. Worth it. Let's All get right. in that bag, man. Featuring Don Tolliver. And we appreciate you joining us. The album is out this you know Friday. Set it off. The rubber offsets here. Let's go. And it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Um, There's been a lot going on, Charlemagne. Like what? Don't say like what, man. There's been a, a million and one accusations that I was involved with uh, scamming people. <gasps> oh, my God, no. <laughs> I'm being serious. So so let me explain some things. I'm, I'm not, my attorneys don't want me to speak, but I think there's things that I need to clear up a little bit. I think you should listen to your attorneys. Why don't like seeing people like to listen? Like if your attorney told you don't say nothing, why are you talking? Listen, so Caesar and myself did seminars. Now, the reason I did these seminars is because I wanted to uplift my community. I wanted to teach my community about real estate, things that I didn't know when I was first buying my first home. I wanted to teach our community about investing in generational wealth. So I did these seminars and brought industry professionals to all these seminars, whether it was real estate agents from different markets, contractors, uh, conventional lenders, hard money lenders. I even brought auction.com to actually show people how to purchase houses online. That's what I wanted to do for my people. That was it. Now, Caesar, if he took money, I wasn't privy to it, nor did I even know. But I do understand how people feel. If they did give him money, 
because I gave him a lot of money. Jesus. That I didn't see a dollar of return. I didn't see a quarter, a nickel, nothing. I didn't see any return. And I know how that feels. But for, for anybody to say I was involved, that's totally not true. I would never. I've been on this radio close to 30. I've been on radio close to 30 years and never in my 30 years time that I do nothing but try to uplift people and show people a different way through the business mind. And I would never take a dollar from somebody. I, I, I could be wrong, but I didn't see nobody accusing you of taking money. I just saw them say that they met Caesar because they heard you talking about Caesar. Yeah, but they basically said I was privy to it. And that wasn't true. I, 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 from what I read in actual court papers, I didn't see that. They said that the, all these people are saying that they met Caesar because of you. Right, and they're saying I don't that. See that nobody accusing you of taking no money. To the point where if, if you read the court documents, Caesar wrote an affidavit that says DJ Envy, Rashawn Casey, had no knowledge of me investing people's money. I saw that too. He wasn't there. He wasn't part of those conversations. He wasn't even nowhere in those meetings. And those are, those are documents that's out there. So if we're going to talk about truth, let's talk about the truth. And those are the documents out there. And well, you I know you can't talk about the truth yet because your lawyers don't want you talking at all. So the smart thing to do is I understand you want to say something to the listeners and I and, and I'm sure the listeners appreciate it. But man, just wait until all the dust settles. And when all the dust settles, then we can get on this radio and have a real conversation. Until then, I just I don't you know, I don't think you should be saying any of this, but you know, that's just me. Look at you. You can't even help yourself. What else do you want to say now? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. All right. Uh, but when the dust settles, okay. you can have a real conversation with, with the audience. But it's audience. difficult because the stuff that you're hearing is like, that's totally not true. Like, it's not true. Like, well, that should be, that's, that's fake news. Like, those are fake stories. That should be enough. You know what the truth is. If you know what the truth is, don't worry about it. Because the truth don't need no defense. It just need the truth don't need no defense, just witnesses. That's yeah. it. All right. All right, well. Hopefully. And by the way, you look very suspicious because you don't have your just for men in right now. So it's like the grades are coming in right here in the back. And, it, and you need a little haircut So it just makes you look like Oh I just want to say this on close oh, I've, never, I've never stole anything from anybody And I'll just leave it at that What? You know what rhymes with what? What? But And from what I was told You used to steal a lot of butt back in the day See that's <laughs> see, I can't I'm trying to be serious here And you're playing around Good old big we, old queen from Queens When we come back We got your, your rumor report That's <laughs> So that's why I can't You know what It's the Breakfast Club Good morning Alright morning everybody It's DJ NV Charlemagne the guy We are the Breakfast Club Let's get to the rumors Let's talk Mary J. Blige Rumor has it Rumor, rumor has it Call out a name Or you gossiping Or you chatty patty I'm gossiping This is the rumor report I mean I guess We on the Breakfast Club This is where the tea spills Right yes. Right now we got a salute to Mary J. Blige. She's doing something very special. She's offering a $30,000 scholarship to one lucky student at Hampton University. Now, this is part of her Strength of a Woman scholarship. It's an in initiative for eligible students. They must uh, self-identify as a female, be a current college sophomore, undergraduate with a minimum of a 2.5 GPA, and also be pursuing a degree in business administration, marketing, arts, finance, or creative design. So salute to Mary J. Blige, and I think it's dope that the school that she's picking is Hampton University. Dropping the clues bombs for uh, Mary J. Blige. Anytime something is done for HBCUs, I'm all for it. Now, the deadline, uh, if you want to apply, is October 16th by 3 p.m., all right? All applicants will be notified in December. So, again, congratulations and good luck to anybody that's uh, trying to get that scholarship. 
Now, uh, Cameron and Mace, they have a, a, a great show. I love this show. It's called It Is What It Is. And during It Is What It Is, sometimes they ask each other questions. And somebody emailed and wanted to ask Mace a question about where was he when Biggie was murdered and what was his first thought and what did he want to do? The night that Biggie Small died, where were you and what did you do in the aftermath right after Biggie Small died? What people hear that sound like a Keith E. D. question. <laughs> no, they, they didn't say you was involved. In what <laughs> I was actually in a hotel with, with a young lady. And when you heard this information, what, did, what was your next actions? I actually was trapped in a hotel. Now I want to ask the question. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean trapped? <laughs> It was about 70 or so bloods in the in the hallway. I couldn't even leave my room. The Why guy, would it be 70 bloods in your hallway after Biggie Smalls died? After Big got killed, they was probably looking for more bad boy artists. And I couldn't even leave the room till, um Gene Dill, the one the officer came had to come get me. That's f***ed up. Sorry. I was, I was left in, in, in L.A. And, that, and from that day, I always said, you know what? I'm out of here. Damn. That's a story you never heard. You heard so many... Never. No stories from that night. I never heard that one. I didn't even know Mace was out there. No, nah, never that. at all. Now, also, they talk about the song uh, Oh Boy, which was a, a Cameron record. Now, fun fact, when I was doing my album back then, uh, we got offered that record. And yeah, nobody offered you that record. It's a true story. When I was signed to uh, Desert Storm. Um, yeah, and the money that uh, Cameron wanted for me to purchase the record in, in the production at the time, of course, we didn't have huge budgets, so we couldn't take it. But I always thought the record was a hit, and it turned out to be a hit. But... This is him talking about the record and why Just Blaze and Jay were mad about it. This give you a great example of Marshawn Lynch mm -hmm. and Russell Wilson and me and Just Blaze relationship. I think it's the same. The old boy beat is sitting on the in, in the studio for two months. Nobody yeah. uses it. Joel's convinced me to steal the song. We do the song. After we put it out, he comes up to me and is like, Cam, we're going to absolutely get killed on the publishing. We didn't get clear the sample before we put it out. And I'm like, all right, whatever, man. We should have been sitting there for two months. By the way, Jay was mad at me behind that because he didn't understand why I gave you that beat and I didn't give him the beat. I said, yo, yo, Josh, fuck it, it's a hit. I get that, Cam, but if we would have did things correctly and then went back and doubled back, we could have quadrupled what we really were going to make now we're not mm. going to get anything. I said, Josh, do you want to be a hit producer? He said, not actually. My dream is Wall Street and to have Restaurants, so that So that was the story of Old Boy and Just Blaze. All right, and that is your rumor report. Now, Charlemagne, who you giving your donkey to, man? Man, four after the hour, uh, I need this library in Huntsville, Alabama to come to the front of the congregation, and it's a good uh, opportunity to just express my love for books. We'll discuss. All right, and then after that, we have somebody that's actually just wrote a book. It's called Fashion Killer. It's out today. Somia is the lady's name, young lady's name, and she has a book talking about fashion in the industry, talking about everything on the West Coast from khakis and, and, and Converse to Cameron's clothes to the pink fur and all that. And we're going to talk to her next hour. All right. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. 
employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That was donkey up the Damn, the hee-haw again. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. I'm not even trying to be Donkey today no more. They should be embarrassed by what they already did. I didn't, I'm not making these people uh, do these things. Called Donkey of the Day, and it really caught me off guard. Damn, Charlemagne, who got the Donkey of the Day today? Well, Jess Hilarious, Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, October 11th, goes to the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library in Huntsville, Alabama. Salute to everybody who listens to us in Alabama. We're on uh, 104.1 The Beat in Birmingham, Hot 107.5 in Montgomery, and 107.3 The Beat in Mobile. 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 Drop one of the clues bombs for Alabama. Now, y'all know I love reading. Uh, thank you to my mother, who was an English teacher in South Carolina, and for the Book It program for fueling my hunger to read. My mother would always tell me to read things that don't pertain to me, and the Book It program was a game changer for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like myself. I'm fully aware that I look like I could be cast in a live remake of the Ninja Turtles myself, Jeezy, Jadakiss, Neo, Teenage Mutant Nigga Turtle. See, when you love pizza, hot pizza, and you love to read, and your mom tells you to read things that don't pertain to you, and you have to read four books to get a free pizza, reading things that don't pertain to you makes that easy, okay? That's why I love Judy Bloom and all her works, okay? That's why I love Judy Bloom and all her works the way that I do, okay? I'm saying all that to say I love reading. I love books. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I have two books out, Black Privilege and Shook One. Can you see them? Can you see them on the camera, Nick? Or should I grab them? You got them? Yeah. Black Privilege... You come back to the microphone. Yes. Black privilege is right here. Shook one is right here. Okay? Okay. Uh, I have a book imprint. Black Privilege Publishing with Shaman and Schuster. Feel free to purchase uh, Tamika Mallory, State of Emergency, and Anita Kopak, Shallow Waters. Oh, we got those in here, too. What else? Oh, I, I got a book, too. Hold on. I got a book, hold too. On. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me come back to the microphone. See? Tamika Mallory, State of Emergency. Anita Kopex. No, Shallow Waters. I got a book. Look. Those are the first three of the imprint. See? Envy got a book. Real, real life, life. Real love. Okay. Salute to Doug Melville. Invisible Generals out November 7th. You can pre-order that now. I'm saying all that to let you know how much I love books, okay? This one I'm... Oh, let me show you what I'm reading right now. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. You see this? Don Miguel Ruiz's new book. Okay? I just finished this. Rich Paul. Lucky me. I'm never not reading. I love reading. My wife loves reading, and it's infectious. My kids love reading. I have three bookshelves in my house. I'm telling you all this to paint the picture of how much I love books because I want you to know how it pains me to see all these books and authors being banned all around the country. I'm from South Carolina, okay, where the first anti-literacy laws were passed. It was prohibited to teach slaves to read and write. So when you see me having the love for books that I do, when you see me so deep in the book business, understand it's personal. So stories like what's happening at the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library really grind my gear. See, they banning books. They have a list of potentially inappropriate titles. Now, I've never agreed with this kind of censorship because everything is subjective. Do you know that Judy Bloom is one of the most banned authors of the 20th century? Judy Bloom, are you there, goddess me, Margaret, blubber, Iggy's house? Banned because some culturally clueless fool labeled her potentially dangerous. I don't get it. Don't understand it. Just like I don't understand what the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library is doing. See, they added a children's picture book titled uh, Read Me a Story, Stella, to a list of potentially inappropriate titles. Now, what could be in this picture book? That's potentially dangerous. Hmm? Is it humans riding on a penis-shaped horse? 
uh, D-Riding Derby, if you will? Is it a uh, little sexy red riding hood taking big bad wolves to pound town? Did Jack and Jill go up the hill to fetch some Molly and Percocets? What could be in this children's book that is potentially dangerous? Let's go to the news report. Read Me a Story, Stella, a children's book by author Marie Louise Gay, appeared in a public library keyword search list of potentially inappropriate material. It's because of the author's last name, Gay. This prompted a backlash against the library, which insists it was a mistake. In an exclusive, Arkin McCoy spoke with executive director Cindy Hewitt. Read Me a Story, Stella, which seems to be what everybody's focused on, was a book that was just on a keyword search list. It has never been banned, moved, or uh, touched in the library. It's still sitting where it's supposed to. So we were examining our collection to see if our materials were in age-appropriate categories. The communication was done at the managerial level, was passed down through staff, and in that conversation from managers to staff is where communication broke down and the intent and the purpose um, was misrepresented that was fox 54 by the way so the answer to what's in the book that is potentially dangerous is nothing the book is about a pair of siblings reading together and building a doghouse the reason the book was listed potentially dangerous was because of the author's last name marie louise gay Yes, it was added to the list of potentially dangerous books because the author's last name was Gay. Okay, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Can we unpack this? If the author's last name being Gay is considered potentially dangerous, then I know this library don't carry the memoir of Dick Buckus. Okay, this former New England Patriot Dick Felt have a memoir? I know that would be considered potentially dangerous. What about Amanda Love? Amanda Love will never have a book in this library, okay? Banning books is never acceptable. We need more conversations now. We need folks reading about different ideologies that individuals have. Uh, Stephen Chubosky says banning books gives us silence when we need speech. It closes our ears when we need to listen. It makes us blind when we need sight. And I agree. Not to mention, if a public school were to remove every book that contains one word deemed objectionable, objectionable to some random person, then there would be no books at all in our public libraries. If you ask me, they didn't ban this book because the word gay is considered sexually inappropriate. They banned this book because this woman is an author. Her last name is Gay. And I believe every single public library in a red state probably has all of the great Roxanne Gay's work banned. Drop on a clue bombs for Roxanne Gay. All right. This isn't about sexuality as much as it's about banning one of the greatest authors, professors, social commenters we got on this third rock from the sun. Don't say gay takes on a whole other meaning in public libraries, all right? They don't want you reading uh, Bad Feminists and Roxanne Gay's other works, okay? Look, man, read all the banned books you can. All right, let your children read all the banned books you can. My daddy used to say, if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. We've been defied that stereotype that black people don't read. And now that they know we actually read, they just want to hide the books. So go read all the banned books you can. And remember this quote from Oscar Wilde. The books that the world calls immoral are the books that show the world its own shame. The books that tell the truth of America. That hold a mirror to America and shows America what it needs to be embarrassed about. Please give this uh, Huntsville, Madison County Public Library in Huntsville, Alabama, the biggest hee <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today, sir. Yes, indeed. Now, when we come back, well, peace, BET, BET, we'll see you later. Everybody else, uh, Somia will be joining us. She has a new book called Fashion Killer. Do you know Somia's last name? I don't want to mess it up. Krishna Murphy. Huh? 
Somia, Krishna Murphy. Krishna Murphy, yes. Yeah, she'll be joining us when me we and, come me back. Somia and Somia used to uh, host a TV show together back in the day on MTV called Hip Hop POV. It was me, Somia, uh, Boo, Akon's brother Boo, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amanda Seals, Debbie Brown. I think that's it. Am I missing? No, that's it. Boo. Oh, me. Yeah, there was five of us. I know. I think I'm like it was five of us. Who was the fifth person? Me. Duh. Yes. Well, she has a new book out mm -hmm. today called Fashion Killer, and we're going to talk to her when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Somia Krishna Murphy. Somia Krishna Murphy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want you to attend. I've been practicing that. I've been practicing <laughs> for the last five minutes. I, I was going to get it right. I wasn't sure who was going to do it right, but both of you in unison. That's right. Somia <laughs> Krishna Murphy. Thank you. You have a book out right now called Fashion Killer. And, yes. and, and before we get to the book, you know, Somia is a, is a world renowned. Hip hop journalist. Yes. Yes. Like, and Fashion Killer is my first book. Wow. Congrats. So mm -hmm. order it everywhere. This is the first anthology about hip hop and high fashion. And obviously it comes out on Hip Hop Fifty. Why 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 a book about fashion? It's so interesting. The genesis was it started as an article in Double XL. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing the research, I saw that there are no books about this. Mm. And one thing about the lit space, and you know this Shars that a lot of times hip-hop stories just aren't elevated in the mm -hmm. same way other genres are. Rock music, pop music, right? It's still sort of seen as either niche or still kind of underground, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So to me, knowing Hip Hop 50 was coming up, this is such a great opportunity to write really that definitive story, that 50-year retrospective. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people, if I don't see it in the marketplace, well, I might as well just do it myself. That's right. I was going to ask, you know, what do you break down in the book? Because, you know, when you go, sometimes you go to Vegas and you go to Planet Hollywood, right? You see all these rock and roll idols on the wall and you see their guitar and you see their shirt and you see their whatever. Or you see some pop stars. I don't really see that that much for hip hop, which is concerned. And we do have a lot of things that is pretty big. But, you know, whether we're talking about, uh, you know. But imagine that's the, the Run DMC, Adidas. Imagine or like Cameron's Jackson's, the red, white, and blue, or Cameron's pink, pink fur, fur. You know things like that that really step outside that's really of the Smithsonian, Absolutely. right? Mm -hmm. The Cameron pink fur. But I think Envy, you make such a good point. It is still this idea, although hip hop is fifty, mm -hmm. it's still not viewed kind of through that prestige lens, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean you have the Smithsonian, you have these like little moments here and there. But this idea that it should be elevated and really treated with the gravitas it deserves, I think those are the opportunities. And for me, that's I just didn't see that in the lit space. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, I don't think hip-hop is looked at through the lens of art, and it should Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Like, remember when Salam Remy was up here and he had these big paintings of like you know some of our favorite hip-hop artists when you see it as a painting you're like oh you look at it different or when they do the book of hove exhibit right. in, in brooklyn you're like oh like we're not looking at it through the lens of art yeah and you know for me just having a hardcover book out you open it and yeah of course there's like 40 great photos of like biggie and cam mm -hmm. and cardi b and all these people but there's also history mm -hmm. there's sociology there's psychology mm -hmm. it's so much more layered than just a rapper wore a dope outfit and i think a lot of times people see it through that cursory lens and it's much more nuanced than that break down this cover because I, I hit you when i told you fire. this cover is fantastic fire, fire. phenomenal <laughs> like break down that cover so it's so funny that cover was a little bit there were some back and forth a little arguments with some people um so basically fashion killer is obviously a nod to the asap rocky song where he mm -hmm. named checks like 27 brands mm -hmm. right he was saying brands that nobody had heard of and i wanted something that really made it stand out in the marketplace with the cover if you look at again a lot of hip-hop books 
It's like a guy with a big chain, mm-hmm. um, something very sort of stereotypical, or kind of looks cheap, if I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. And for me, I wanted it to look luxe. I want it to look sexy. Even if you don't read one page, it's going to look good on your coffee table. Mm-hmm. It looks great in selfies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted this to be a book. It's very much a nod to McQueen, obviously, with the skull. But again, to differentiate it, to show that this is something different, it's special, and almost treat it like a luxury product, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine like walking down the street, having a really sexy book. That's kind of an accessory, mm-hmm. right? And it's also a great mm-hmm. conversation starter, too. Do you break down uh, how, uh, especially in hip hop, how we make some of these fashion brands cool? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. One of the chapters is called 1991. And a lot of people don't realize Karl Lagerfeld did a whole hip hop themed runway show back in 91. Mm. And it was, you know, big chains and nameplates and baseball cap to the side. Now, of course, rappers and hip hop weren't given homage, right? But the idea that someone like Karl Lagerfeld for Chanel was doing it all the way back then. The, the influence has always been there. Now, the thing is, the relationship, I think, very much started as the outsider. So hip hop not being accepted, but also not being able to afford it. You mm-hmm. got to think back to someone like Dapper Dan. He's like the only people who could afford my stuff were drug dealers and athletes. Right. Right. Only then when LL and Eric B. Rakim, people like that, Kane, when they were able to afford it, then they become the consumer. We go into the 90s, which is my personal favorite era, where we start to see Sean John and mm-hmm. Rockaware and all of these rapper-led brands, right? And then now I think we're in an age of collaboration. So mm-hmm. you have Pharrell over at Louis Vuitton. You see artists like ASAP Rocky or Travis Scott very much being partners with these brands. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as we saw with Dapper Dan, I mean, his sort of full circle moment with Gucci happened after they bit his style, mm-hmm. right? And only after Twitter came and really rallied around him was he able to have this incredible comeback. I would hope it doesn't take outrage and those kind of scandals for hip hop to truly have a seat at the table, whether it be decision making, design, or just being represented in fashion. Why do you think it's so difficult for black brands to succeed and and have longevity? It's hard. I think when we talk about rapper led brands Mm -hmm. first, a lot of it is tied to the artist. Mm -hmm. So when the artist isn't hot, you don't want to wear their clothes no more, Mm -hmm. right? And so many of those brands, I mean, are you wearing Marshall Mathers clothing right now? <laughs> maybe. I mean, I'm from Michigan, so maybe we always wear it. I didn't but even how know Marshall people? Mathers had a clothing line. Oh, yeah, he did. Shady, shady. Wear. Oh, Shady, yeah, Shady, yeah, Shady, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there was Woo Wear. Remember, mm-hmm. Busta had a line. DMX had a line. There was a time everyone had a line. It was Rock get a record deal, have one hit record, Rock and have a line. Yeah. Right? Um, a few of them, Sean John, Rock Aware, they kind of elevated where they were making hundreds of millions of dollars. But I think a lot of it is you can't tie something to something as seasonal as an artist trend because mm-hmm. when you're not the flavor of the moment and it happens to everyone, mm-hmm. no one wants to wear your clothes. I think the other part is just for brands, it's really expensive. A lot of people ask me, why don't you think rappers want to have their own brands now? Do you want to spend your own money to have, you know, focus on manufacturing and supply and all of these things, distribution? Mm-hmm. It's similar to the music business. There's a reason everyone still signs to the majors. It's better to spend someone else's money. All right, we got more with Soumya Krishnamurthy. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later... 
The co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Somia Krishnamurthy. She is the author of Fashion Killer a book that's pretty much based on the fashion of the hip-hop industry. Charlamagne? What came first for you? The love of fashion or love of hip-hop? Oh, love of hip-hop. Okay. 100%. But, so I grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which outside of Derek Jeter, nobody else knows where that's from because that's where he's from. And you got to remember, we didn't have hip-hop radio. Mm -hmm. We didn't have, you know, concerts coming through like that. So, so much of my relationship was through things like music videos, magazines like Vibe and The Source Mm -hmm. and Blaze. So the music and the visuals really went hand in hand at a very early age for me. What about Little Kim? Because you broke down her her, yeah. her fashion sense. Why do you yeah. think she's such a fashion icon? I mean, Little Kim from day one. Who can forget that famous poster of Hardcore? I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys remember, but I think a lot of what? boys became men that when they mean? saw that. That was on the wall. Yeah, there was a wall. <laughs> it's actually currently on his wall. <laughs> it's, still on his wall. it's like Absolutely. a Basquiat and then Hardcore. Funny story, I got a homeboy Uh-oh. who was high off hash and he said this in South Carolina yes Okay. and he said that Lil' Kim climbed off out of that poster and slept with him <laughs> shut up what, this, isn't a, this isn't a magic eye what was he trying to see like the I promise but why, why do you think she's such a fashion but yeah so Lil' Kim very early on she was very fearless and this was a woman who embraced her sexuality her body at a time that it still wasn't Acceptable. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, I was looking at a lot of archival footage. She's sitting here on daytime TV, grown men and women wagging their finger, and you're mm-hmm. the downfall of America. Yeah. But she stayed true to herself. And early on, she worked with people like Donatella Versace and mm-hmm. Marc Jacobs. She became amused to them because mm-hmm. in fashion, what's more exciting than a gorgeous woman who sits very proudly in her skin? But Kim, like a lot of um, artists, especially female artists, they never got their flowers. If you remember, Cardi B was the first female rapper on the cover of American Vogue. Mm. Wasn't Kim, wow. wasn't Fox, wasn't Missy Elliott, wow. wasn't Eve, mm. all great contenders, by the way. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of people in the fashion world are talking about maybe she should get like a Lifetime Achievement Award or something, because mm-hmm. not only did she birth a generation of female artists, but so many designers have taken just her elements from the wig, the makeup, mm-hmm. um, the DIY creations that she wore. She definitely represents somebody who was fearless. What was it about Virgil that made hip-hop artists currently celebrate him the way that they do? Because you don't, you don't really see that with designers. Like, why Virgil? Well, Virgil came from hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And there's a great picture in my book of Virgil, Kanye, Fonsworth Bentley and a few other guys at Paris Fashion Week. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that's that, when people used to kill that picture. They used to kill yeah. that picture. But looking now, they all came dressed and they were peacocking. They were looking for the camera because, and I interviewed um, Fonsworth for the book, and he's like, we want to show we arrived. Mm. This was important that we are here as young, black, stylish men in Paris and you will take our photo. So Virgil came up with Kanye, was Mm -hmm. very close to him as a creative director. They were both interns together at Fendi. Mm -hmm. Now, look, I interned at Bad Boy, and I'm pretty sure that they got to do more fun intern things at Fendi, Kanye Mm -hmm. and Virgil. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that they wanted to earn their stripes. 
Like, no, no, no. We need to go to the source and we don't want to just be the cool guys jumping in. We want to be respected. One thing Virgil, I think, did very well was he's a great dot connector. He will take someone from hip hop, someone from art, someone from the you know, sports world. He was a DJ. So he mm -hmm. had this interesting sensibility that he was able to, to touch with. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, myself included, we were just so shocked when he passed. Mm. So Virgil and also Andre Harrell sadly passed during the writing of this book. So mm -hmm. I couldn't get to speak to them. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for a lot of people, we just that's like a hole that hasn't been filled. Mm -hmm. Just this idea of this like nice, good guy who had so many interesting, cool friends and vision. And when he had that job at Louis Vuitton, it really felt like someone from hip hop made it. Like yeah. it wasn't just wearing Louis. You have a job there. You know, you're actually sitting at those tables with those decision makers. So he'll absolutely be missed. What male artist do you feel revolutionized hip hop as far as fashion is for the culture? If you could think. Um, if we're talking about high fashion, we got to go back to the beginning and go to who was wearing Dapper Dan. Who can ever forget Eric B and Rakim and those yeah. like Dapper Dan jackets? I think later on, someone like Puffy was so instrumental where he could do anything. Because he came from that Andre Harrell lineage of Ghetto Fabulous, he was the guy making Mary J. Blige wear like the baseball shirt and mm -hmm. the cap and the, you know, knee pads and that whole thing, Jodeci. And then, of course, that goes to Biggie, right? I, I don't think without Puff, Biggie would look the way that he looked. I think mm -hmm. Puff, as he said, and I think there's a great quote in the book, I want to say from one of the track masters, where Puff is like, no, my man is sexy. And they're like, really? He's like, no, no, that's why we need to do one more chance because he's sexy. And women like him, and he needs to look sexy. So someone like Puff, absolutely. Of course, Kanye. Kanye, Who absolutely, can yes. Mm -hmm. This man continues to revolutionize fashion. When I go out, I see so many little Kanye clones to this day, absolutely. right? Like, you just look like you walked out, out, out of Calabasas. Pharrell, from Pharrell, streetwear, who mm -hmm. popularizing Bape to then launching BBC. And he worked with people like Lagerfeld, Marc Jacobs early before Louis Vuitton. One fun story, because you know, there's a big conversation in hip hop, who made Bape popular? Soldier Boy thinks it's him. Then there's, you know, Lil Wayne said it was him. Pharrell. This launched the a whole, the, the clips, Mr. Yeah. Me Too, right? That was a whole Pharrell, thing. hands down. I have a great picture of Biggie wearing it in 97. Really? Wow. Before he Wearing Bape? Wearing Bape, wow. and there's an incredible story. That's one of my favorite pictures. And there's an awesome picture of Tupac in Milan. So right before he passed, he was invited by Versace to walk in the runway show in Milan. It was Tupac, Kidada Jones, who was his then girlfriend, and his bodyguards. And they this, actually walked? They walked the show and then he performed, I believe, California Love. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, apparently Gianni was a big fan of his. And Gianni Versace was smart about collecting celebrities mm -hmm. and really having, whether it be Madonna or Mike Tyson, he li just liked celebrities and he was that designer that now we see celebs front row. It wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. Before it was fashion editors, fashion buyers, like people who need to be in the industry. Um, but Gianni just saw the vision and he just fell in love with Pac. And yeah, so uh, that right before he passed. Where do you hope fashion goes in the next 50 years? We know what the last 50 years of hip hop fashion look like. What about the next 50? I think the next 50, I would love to see a rapper brand become a American heritage brand. The way that we wear polo and Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein and those things... Maybe it's Sean John. Maybe it's Yeezy. Maybe it's somebody else. I think it was else. Yeezy. I think he, I think he was fumbled. Was or is? I think it was. He, he was on his way. Okay, so here's the question. Can he make a comeback? No. 
You don't I think, think Kanye can. can make a company? I, I think, think he, he I think he can make a comeback. Absolutely. Not One thousand percent. Not if you try not if you're trying to trademark you at a time like this. <laughs> that would be interesting. But what I love about this book is it starts in 1973, ends in 2023, but the culture is living. So mm-hmm. it's constantly shaping and changing. So reading this book, you get this great historical perspective, but I think it also makes you excited for the future. Well, the book is out right now. Fashion, Fashion Killer. Killer. Appreciate you for joining how us. How Hip Hop Revolutionized High Fashion is in stores right now. Go pick it up. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Let's do it again. Absolutely. Sonia, ladies and gentlemen, The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. That damn Justin Bieber, boy. All right. Justin Bieber know he can make an R&B record when he wants to, can he? Why are we not playing moments from uh, the Love album? The Justin Bieber record from the Diddy album. That's a good question. It's a dope record. You just throw that on every now and then. Mm-hmm. Morning, everybody. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kerry Washington. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor has it. Call out a name or you gossiping or you chatty patty. I'm gossiping. This is the rumor report. I mean, I guess we on the breakfast club. This is where the tea spills, right? Yes. Right. Now, Kerry Washington was on Bravo on uh, Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, and she was asked, "Who's the most famous person to slide in your DMs?" Uh, who is the most famous person to slide into your DMs, wanting to connect as a friend or otherwise? Um, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Wow, I he's love He's a it. big scandal fan, and he's oh, always I like, love- "I'll do anything for command." <laughs> That's amazing. Shaq being everybody's DMs. You notice that? <laughs> who, who, who else is DMs? There's always a story about Shaq being in somebody's DMs. Mm-hmm. Sending support and love. Mm-hmm. Drop on the clues bomb for that seven foot three regular Newark nigga. <laughs> yeah. It's good to see. It's good to see he still got that Newark in him. Yeah, he's definitely from the brick city. <laughs> now, Jada Pinkett Smith reveals that she and Will Smith have been separated since 2016. There are so many surprising things in the book, but the thing that surprised me the most, that I actually had to reread it because I said, is this true? Right. Was that in 2016, you and Will decided that you were going to live completely separate lives. It was not a divorce on paper, but it was a divorce. divorce. So from the year 2016, which is seven years ago now. <laughs> yes. Y'all have been apart. Yeah. Let me think about this. I haven't read the book yet. But I am a Pinkett. Went free. I don't forgot what I am. I'm so f- <laughs> flustered. I'm a Pinkett Smith Winfrey Knowles Carter. So since 2016, it's 2023. Mm. So close to 20 years, right? 16, no, so I really want to know how Will feels about this. Close to 10 years. I really want to know how Will Smith truly, truly feels. Not what he says to the public, not what he says on social media. When he's with his therapist or when he's just alone in his thoughts, how does he feel about this? Because it feels like, it feels like mm. there's only one side, there's only one part of the relationship always being spoken about and it's always coming from Miss Jada. And it never seems like it puts Will in a good light ever. Am I bugging with this? Yeah. Is it just me? No, it's not just you. Mm. But if they were separated since 2016, right? It's 2023. That don't mean, uh, I, I get what, you, what you're trying to, what you're saying. Tell me what you're saying. That means, you know, when she was allegedly with. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. That, to do with me, that means that, that that was fine because they were separate, right? I was thinking about something else. What was you thinking about? I was thinking about when he, uh, him and Chris Rock got into their little incident. 
Because I know people will probably say, well, they were separated. You probably did that for no reason, but that don't mean that's still the mother of your children. This is still the mother of your children. That don't matter. But I was just going to say, so no matter what she does on the side or what he does on the side, they were separated, and you can't tell what their relationship is, right? Whatever makes them happy makes them happy. Oh, by the way, it's nobody no, else's it, business, it, correct? But, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure they know that. That's why it's their house. That's probably why they don't trip the way the general public be tripping. See, the general public don't know nothing, <laughs> and they never do. All we do is assume things and we see things, and being that we don't know how things actually are, we jump to conclusions. No, but the but problem you can't is, jump to conclusions when you don't have no information. No, but the problem is, didn't they do a whole interview about it? And everything, and during that interview, when they were talking about their their lives and their marriage, they never one time said they were separated. Man, I don't know about none, none of that, man. I don't like talking about people's situations like that. I'm, I like I like figuring out my own home. Yeah, me too. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I got my own home going on. Me trying to too. keep keeping entanglements out of my house. I don't want my house to be entangled. Yeah, but also, if, if they talk about it and you write it in a book, you want people to know, right? Well, DC, that's my point. And that's why I said it always seems to only be coming from one side. Oh. I read Will's book. He didn't mention none you of it. You know what I mean? I ain't read Jada's book yet. I want to know wh- why is, why, I want to know how Will feels about this situation. And Will's being forced to have to speak about it because she is right, and, and we're curious now. Correct. You know. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. All right. A lot is your room, my boy. Remember when Biggie said, "Problems with my wife don't discuss them." Yeah. I think everybody needs to get back to that. Mm. Problems with my wife don't discuss them. Problems with my husband don't discuss them. But I will say that when when people do, maybe not that problem, but when they discuss certain problems, it's it's. It's a better situation because sometimes people feel like when they're dealing with situations in their house that it's just them. You know what I mean? Uh, only I'm going Man, to do this. Go to a therapist. Go to a counselor. <laughs> go yeah. do. Go do. Some people don't like counselors and well, therapists though for whatever reasons. You know? you know, I'm seeing everybody spill their guts via social media. Or, you know. But sometimes I think it's good because I think people can understand and say, "Hey, this is what I went through. This is what I've been through." People don't understand because they don't care. To have understanding, you have to care. Let me tell you something. Mm. None of these people actually care about these people. Mm. Nobody that reading Jada Pinkett's book or likes Will Smith, they don't actually care about them. How could they? Mm. How could they actually care about them as people? We don't know them as people. You know them for what you see on television. You know for what you read in books. You know what I mean? You know what you hear in the music. You don't actually know these people. So you don't have that that level of empathy and that level of care that you would if you actually knew, knew this somebody, person. Right? I get it. So it's like, yo, when they give us things like this, we're not thinking anything except for gossip. Rumors, yeah. things to chat about on social media, to talk about at work. Like we don't know these people. All right. Well, at that all is your rumor. So what's the point of giving it to report? Them? All right. When we come back, we got the people's choice mix. Let's go. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, we got a salute offset for joining us this morning. Uh, salute to the good brother Offset, man. Set it off. Will be in stores uh, Friday. That's uh, a soft set second album, his sophomore album. And also salute to Somia. Her new book, Fashion Killer, is out right now. That's right. Somia Krishna Murphy. Uh, that's the homie. Her book, Fashion Killer, is out right now. And th- the reason I like that book is because, you know, when we You talk ain't about- got no fashion. I don't have no fashion, but when we've been talking about 50 years of hip-hop, you know, it's, it's all about the music. But, you know, hip-hop is a culture. So it's not just music. You know, fashion plays a big role in that. So I'm glad that there is a piece uh, of art that is documenting um, the last 50 years of fashion and hip-hop. And that is indeed uh, Samia Krishna Murphy's new book, Fashion Killer. So make sure you go pick that up. And Rich Paul, Lucky Me is out there, man. Go to the bookstore. Those are two good reasons to go to the bookstore uh, this week. And uh, Michael Harriet, Black AF. That's another good reason to go to the bookstore. That came out a couple weeks ago. 
Great read. All right, when we come back, we got the positive notice to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, Charlemagne, you got a positive note? I do, man. And the positive note is simply this. Uh, when you're transitioning from being a people pleaser into someone with more boundaries, it can feel so weird. It's hard to tell if you're being mean or if you're actually just respecting your own feelings because you're so used to putting other people's feelings first. But I'm telling you right now, you got to put your feelings first. Okay? Breakfast okay. Club, bitches! You all finished or y'all done? Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.